1: I'm Tyrese Maxey, and you're listening to the 76ers Insiders Podcast.
2: This podcast is part of the 76ers Podcast Network, presented by Stern & Cohen Law.
3: Search 76ers Insiders wherever you get your podcasts. Suffering an injury at work can cause physical pain, but also great uncertainty about your rights. You need to retain a workers' compensation law firm that is a winner like our Sixers, a firm that gets some of the best settlements, but is also willing to go toe-to-toe with the insurance company. No settling on the cheap. This is Philly. We have grit and fight in us. Call the workers' compensation law firm of Stern & Cohen or visit their site, SternCohenLaw.com. The consultation is free. Stern & Cohen are the official partners of the 76ers. They'll go ring the insurance company's bell. Yes, welcome back to Sixers in 60 prior to The Sixers Celtics regular season finale during the 2023 24 season. Matt Murphy, along with NBA vet Nick Stauskas, team reporter Lauren Rosen, and our colleague here on Sixers and Sixty, Lauren Rosen joins us from Boston in a few minutes. We'll also be hearing a sit down between Lauren and Kelly Oubre Jr. A great conversation. This Sixers team, Nick. We were just talking about a lot about the Celtics ahead of this matchup. And there's there's more pregame coverage when the uh, the game gets closer to tip off right around 7.20 Eastern. The, the pre pregame show, as we like to call it, before Tom McGinnis' call of the game. But the Celtics are a test. But outside of Embiid and Covington and, and their longer-term injuries, K.J. Martin will miss another game. But the Sixers have gotten so many guys back from the pre-All-Star break that they were... Without, they made a couple moves at the trade deadline. So all of a sudden, the, the team is in a decent spot when it comes to, to bodies and numbers to go into games like this. So that should give them confidence, just having different options to throw at some of these scorers on the defense, some good two-way players back in the mix. And they've tried different starting lineups as well. But the depth is, has been showing off.
4: Yeah. And I think this is a perfect time to, you know, still secure your position as one of the leaders in the East, but some time to build chemistry for these guys without Joel on the court. So there's going to be more opportunities and guys like Melton who have, you know, they've been X factors, but they've been out for a while. Now it's a chance to rebuild that chemistry with some of these new guys and get a good offensive-defensive flow together so that when April comes around, you guys are ready to go come playoff time. Obviously, you want to get as many wins as you can, but for these guys to get healthy and use these upcoming games the next couple of weeks to, you know, find who they are because it it is a little bit of a different team now than what we saw at the beginning of the season, especially without Joel in the lineup, like I said. So uh, hopefully they can continue to work on things and improve in this last month and a half.
3: Oubre, who's, who's coming right up, is part of that, part of this rotation. And Noam Bede has meant Paul Reed's been starting at center and they've, for foul trouble and just depth concerns there, they have gone to small ball lineups with small ball centers. KJ Martin has done that. Some Nico Batum, who's a longtime player in the league, was asked at practice this week. He mentioned, like, when the last time he's done that, he said he did it some with the Clippers, but it's been a long time prior to the Milwaukee game that he's... And that was because Reed had five fouls, but Batum playing a little bit of small ball center. So, you know, anything goes come playoff time, but maybe, like, to your point, you uncover something that works now, and then you you bring it with you. But when you have a small ball lineup, what is that like? I mean, you you weren't in that position to play that spot, but how does that... Change a team's output on the court?
4: Well, a lot of times it gives you that versatility on the defensive end to switch things one through five. That's really the main advantage to having something like that uh, on the defensive end. You know, just so when a pick and roll happens, guy comes and sets a screen, you know, you communicate, but everything becomes a switch. And now there's not going to be that miscommunication or hesitation. Oh, am I switching this? Am I not? You know, everyone can be on the same page very easily. Uh, as long as you have that versatility where guys can guard some bigger players and guard smaller players. On the offensive end, the main key would be everyone being able to shoot threes. And not that, obviously, with Joel, and Joel can shoot threes, but having it be more... More of a focus on spacing and shooting. That's the advantage offensively. So, you know, we've seen some some crazy lineups throughout the years in the league where you know playing a six four center, six five center. Like even you look at a guy like PJ Tucker has spent a lot of his career sometimes playing the five for for teams. So, so know, I shouldn't
3: have dismissed you so quickly as an option.
4: <laughs> no, no, no. If I was playing the five, our team would be in big, 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 <laughs> big trouble. Yeah, you know, that that never happened. You got to be. Maybe like two thirty at least. I feel like two thirty-five. Maybe like you need to have at least some like some size to you in order to still get on the glass, put a body on someone.
3: Perhaps a second act for you, maybe if you put on some weight.
4: Yeah, yeah I don't, I don't, I don't think it's gonna happen for
3: me, Matt. <laughs> I appreciate the confidence, though. I wish. So Kelly Oubre Jr. had started the Cleveland game, which was an impressive win for the Sixers this past Friday, a one hundred four ninety-seven win. He's been in and out of the starting lineup. This year, the Sixers go from Boston to hosting Charlotte and then traveling to Dallas for a Sunday afternoon game, then Brooklyn on the road after that, a two-game road trip before coming home to play Memphis right after that Brooklyn game. So that's the road ahead for Oubre and the Sixers. We've got plenty more to get into after we hear from Kelly Oubre Jr. So let's get into that because he just recently sat down with Sixers team reporter Lauren Rosen.
2: Kelly Oubre Jr., thanks again for joining us on Sixers and 60 and the 76ers Insiders Podcast. Kelly, there has been so many new faces on this team over the last couple of weeks. What's it like to sort of take a team that had one identity, of course, then you lose the big fella, you start to work on a new identity, and then you add some new pieces, lose some of your friends. Can you sort of take the average fan through what that process looks like?
1: You know, it's, it's an adjustment. You know, this is definitely an adjustment period. There's definitely some getting used to going on right now and uh we're all just getting to know each other but at the end of the day we're all professional athletes so you know we we have to make sure that that learning curve is a little quicker than normal
2: you shared with me ahead of this interview that you have a long-standing relationship with buddy Heald. so what was it like to get to know him previously and then now to become teammates over the last couple of weeks
1: Uh, man, it's just been, it's been a full circle moment because we've been playing against each other for so long, back to when he was at Oklahoma, uh, and then I was at Kansas, he beat us on a buzzer beater tip in, right, and that's not, doesn't sound like buddy, but, yeah, he was a lot of, very energetic at that point, he beat us with a tip in, almost dunk, and then, uh, you know, now we're teammates. so, it's just been full circle, man, because I've always been, very respecting of his craft and you know how he approaches his work ethic and the game and you know just to see it up close and personal it's beautiful
2: you're no longer the new guy in this locker room but you've been the new guy you were the new guy here in philly a few months ago what's it like to be the new guy in school when you walk into the locker room you're trying to figure out where your locker is how you're gonna fit in what is that process like because most adults don't go through it i mean people get new jobs all the time right but they don't go through it at the frequency or as surprisingly as in a trade situation. So so what's that like?
1: Um, it happens fast. You know, when you come and you're in a new situation, you have to get acclimated very quickly. So you have to speak to everyone. You have to, you know, let everybody know that you're in the building so that they get used to you. You know, for Buddy, you know, he's so he's such a character. Like, he, he's very um, eccentric when it comes to, you know, being verbal. Uh, he can speak with the best of them, and he's very – confident in, in, in himself so that's always a positive when you come into a new situation because then people really get to see who you are and we're we're getting to see who he is each and every day but i think we kind of know that he's a competitor he wants to win uh he wants to do what he can to help his team and help his career right and you know we're all in the same wavelength so you know a guy like buddy man he, it's just easy for him to acclimate campaign as well because he's so outgoing
2: yeah campaign's personality didn't necessarily jump off the page for me when I would watch him as an opponent or in his games with previous teams. But he has such a fun little personality. Can you tell us a little bit about what campaign's been like?
1: Man, me and campaign were on a yacht before we even got drafted in the NBA. Uh, I'm going to just say that. But that's been my no, brother. No, you
2: have to say more, I think.
1: Yeah, we were just having fun. Uh, we, you know, we got our dreams came true. He's uh, he's older than me. But at the end of the day, we we kind of we like, we like the same things. You know, we were very upbeat individuals and you know we like to turn up have fun as far as like listening to good music dancing you know just bobbing our head and things like that so it's amazing to play with him finally right because we were such good friends and we never played together but you know he's just such a good guy you've seen the memes and all the video clips of him dancing but that's just him like a lot of fans, I saw, I saw the comments, I see them I see them all, and they were just saying, like, the moment he does a dance move and all this stuff, yeah, but that's him. Like, he's going to be him no matter what, and no situation or nobody's going to change him, so I really respect him for continuously staying the same.
2: And you guys share that in common. I want to dig into the music question to wrap this interview up. In our first interview together ahead of Media Day, you told me how meaningful music was to you and about the different phases you go through with music, so... I saw you bobbing your head last night pregame. What type of music is particularly appealing to Kelly Oubre, February 2024?
1: Soft rock, pop, hard rock, punk rock. Like I'm really in a different stage of music right now for myself because I've been listening to all type of music. Right, Uh, I even listened to some country the other day. I think it was a. Eric Clapton, or somebody. um I'm actually learning music as well. So, like, it's it, it opens your eyes to just all the genres of music and just the bass roots and the chords and everything that the music is made out of. So, music is uh, my friend right now because it's keeping me sane throughout this season. And it's important to have an outlet to be able to just, you know, release yourself and not thinking about real life. And music is that world for me right now. And yeah, I mean, I appreciate that and all the artists out there who create beautiful music
2: you're traveling with a guitar these days
1: i am yeah
2: how long have you been playing guitar kelly
1: well my grandma bought me a guitar when i was like seven and it was a right-handed guitar then i researched guitarists, then i found Jimi hendrix who flipped his guitar upside down and played your right-handed guitar you know with his left hand and i did that at first and it just wasn't my vibe <laughs> i couldn't get it and i quit for a very long time probably for like 20 years And at 27 years old, I picked my guitar up again, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to master this art because, like, when I try to learn something new, I I think of it as just mastering the art of it and, like, respecting the craft of somebody else. I like to suck at things just so I can be humbled because, I mean, kind of sometimes overly confident in basketball, and, you know, I like to just dive myself deep into something that I'm not going to be as good at so that I can humble myself, but also – Go through the process. Right. So, uh yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. But I'm actually like kind of graduating out of that beginner stage. I'm becoming an intermediate soon. Give me about like a month or two and I'll pretty much be com- more confident than I am now. in My fingers.
2: I like to suck at things. It keeps me humble. Kelly Ubre, that is a line. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me.
3: Great stuff from Lauren Rosen and Kelly Oubre Jr., who, like his head coach in Philadelphia, Nick Nurse, is a musician. And pretty good timing here because in the lead-up to Sixers-Celtics, the starting lineups just came out, and Kelly Oubre Jr. is back in the Sixers' starting lineup along with Tyrese Maxey, Buddy Heald, Tobias Harris, and Paul Reed. With Nick Stauskas, I'm Matt Murphy. We're about to be joined By Lauren Rosen from Boston ahead of Sixers Celtics. And some really good stuff there. So we might as well bring Lauren straight on here. And Lauren, Kelly Oubre Jr., back in the Sixers starting lineup. What were some of your takeaways from sitting down with Kelly?
5: Matt, he is indeed. And Kelly's such a character, such an individual. Um, So good to be with you guys back on 60s and 60s, 76s Insiders Podcast. This is my favorite time of week. I miss being with you guys in person, but it's fun to be here in Boston. Kelly's first interview, he told us that he was an individual. This is back in the fall, before training camp. He said he was one of one. He doesn't want to be like everybody else. And it's clear that he totally is that guy. What we didn't know, though, is that he's an absolute worker. He wants to help his team succeed in any iteration. His role has looked different, Matt, all season long. He started out as... One of the top scorers on the team, obviously missed some time away and then came back, has come off the bench, has started, has really shown his willingness to sort of do whatever the team needs of him. Um, And then obviously a thrill to sort of get back into the head of Kelly Oubre Jr. and learn more about what an individual he is, playing music and and making sure he vibes the way he vibes. Uh, It's been a thrill to get to know Kelly. How are you guys?
3: We're great. Nick's uh, enjoying the warm weather, posting about the weather changing. He's excited about that. So we've got that going. It was a nice day in the Northeast, of course, in, in both places. But Nick, with, with Ubre off the bench versus starting, obviously your mindset changes a little bit. What do you like about the way that he plays and then that contributing to the team right away as a starter?
4: I mean, when Kelly comes off the bench, I think he can just be focus a little bit more on scoring and being aggressive. And I think that's, to this day, his that's his main strength. He he is a hooper scorer at the end of the day. Like, that's how I categorize him. Like, he's not – it's not that he's like a knockdown shooter or he's like a specific slasher. He just does a little bit of everything and scores. And so, when I think when you bring a guy like that off the bench – You know, he's just able to be more aggressive and not have to worry so much about maybe distributing, can maybe be a little bit more selfish and,
3: you know, look for his. We are about to get into some of the best games that we've either covered or that Nick has played in with the Sixers. And then at any level of basketball, the same question applies. But before we do that, Lauren, the the word that we always use is vibe around the team and because you're on the ground in Boston before Sixers Celtics, what's the current vibe?
5: Well, listen, anytime you come into this building, you know you're coming into a hostile environment if you're with the Sixers. These games in this, so many memories, Matt. I can't help but think about the playoffs last season, playoffs uh some great battles already this season. I'm, of course, remembering the Sixers severely shorthanded last time they were in this building. Tyrese Maxey, questionable at game time with an illness, didn't end up playing huge night from patrick beverly among others to make a competitive competitive game when the sixers were down extremely bad as the kids would say and make it competitive of course so tonight obviously hoping that the team is able to rally in a similar way and looking forward to to seeing what unfolds this evening
3: that's all great a great update there the inspiration for the the best games question and who knows maybe what is about to happen, could fall into that category. You never know. That's the beauty of live sports. We don't know the outcome in advance. And part of the motivation for this topic was in the Philadelphia area, the the Philadelphia Catholic League finals, double overtime game on the girls' side, an overtime win on the boys' side for Roman Catholic. The Archbishop Wood girls won first, and then Roman Catholic on a Cabe Goss buzzer beater a two-point shot after a three put Archbishop Ryan ahead. It was a thrilling doubleheader at the Palestra most recently on February 26th. So it just got me thinking, because I was fortunate enough to be in attendance for that, about other games in basketball that I've been fortunate to cover. And in our case, either work or or Nick's work was playing in some of these games. So we'll start with Nick on the Sixers' side. Was there a a Sixers game that you were a part of as a player that stands out most?
4: For sure. Uh, that game would be my first year here with Philly. Uh, I believe it was December 2015. We played the Los Angeles Lakers at home. It was Kobe Bryant's last game in Philadelphia. And at the time, strangely, we were 0-18, uh, had the most losses ever to start a season. And we somehow, some way, beat Kobe Bryant and the Lakers at home an electric envir- environment that kind of, when I go back and think about it, gives me goosebumps, you know, just going up against Kobe and seeing the reception he got that game. At a 17-time NBA All-Star, the third-highest score in NBA history, the 2008 MVP, two-time NBA Finals MVP, five-time NBA champion, a six-six guard from lower middle
3: where he won the title in 1996, number 24, Kobe Bryant!
4: I love Kobe. I love Kobe so much. But looking back at that game, what a lot of people might not realize is I think Kobe won us that game. He started the game three for three from three in literally the first minute. And then he finished the game, I believe, four for 17 from three. Wow. So he, he, he kind of shot them out of it. But that was definitely my most memorable game
3: as a Sixer. That's a good one. And I don't think we were going to top you either way with the way that you experienced that on the court. But, Lauren, I'm taking the easy way out after Nick Stauskas gives us his. I'm taking the easy Joel Embiid 70-point game from this season. Embiid
0: coast to coast.
3: Are you in the same boat as me or are you going another direction?
5: Oh, it's such a good one. And while that is definitely up there for me, I'm going to have to go with one of the Tyrese Maxey coming out party games, either the 39 when there were no fans in the building or his first 40 plus in Toronto.
0: Maxey new career high 42.
5: To me, Maybe uh, maybe this is recency bias with the All-Star break, but seeing Tyrese Maxey rise ha- has been one of my utmost pleasures on the job.
3: That's a good pick. A-, a strong pick going either Embiid or Maxey. And multiple games, like save the box score type games, as we say, the Joel 70 points versus the Spurs was definitely one of those for us, keeping a copy of that box score. And now the NBA's competition committee is looking into trying to get more balance between the offense and the defense. The latest reports saying that maybe it's skewed more uh, more than it should towards the offense. So they're looking into finding that balance a little bit. And Embiid is one of the, the reasons that they're looking into that. Now, at any level, I think Nick's going back to the NBA here. I'll get my college pick out of the way. We only have a few minutes left here. But it came right to my mind because it was like the Philadelphia Catholic league high school game that I just mentioned. It was the 2017 NCAA men's suite 16 Chris Chiosa for the Florida Gators, a running three pointer in overtime at the buzzer to beat Wisconsin. So it was like the next level version of what I had just seen at the high school level. Nick Stauskas, how about you
4: game four, 2022 NBA finals? Uh, I was on the Celtics and we played the warriors at home in Boston and uh, had an opportunity to go up three, one against them. And I didn't check into the game. I I watched from the bench, and I watched Steph Curry put on a master class performance. He had 43 points that night.
0: Back to Curry. Step back. Three-pointer. Bang! Steph Curry drills the three. That's a six-point Warriors lead. Timeout, Boston.
4: And just reminded everyone in that building, as Lauren said, TD Garden, very hostile environment, especially in the NBA Finals reminded everyone why he will go down as one of the greatest players to ever play basketball gives me goosebumps thinking about it
3: so some of the best live games in our experience and lauren from boston any final words from you we're thankful that you're you're joining us here
5: listen of course always looking forward to the game ahead and got to give a quick shout out to a new friend of mine, her name is Allie. She had double hip surgery over the last few months. She's a huge Kelly Oubre, Tyrese Maxi, Mo Bamba fan. Uh, and the fellas tonight, all three of them made some time to meet young Allie, who has been able to come out to the game midway through her recovery. We are thinking of her. It is always bigger than basketball and such a pleasure to see our guys have some human moments with the fans. All three of those guys, Kelly, Mo, Tyrese, always make time for the fans. And it was awesome to watch them get to know Allie tonight as they get to know fans every night in every building. And hopefully they'll give the Sixers fans who are, of course, the minority here in Boston, something else to smile about uh, in the coming minutes and hours. Matt, Nick, thank you for having me as always.
3: Excellent stuff there at the end. Oh, the players doing their best, making time for fans, heroes to, to so many fans out there. It's It's a sport, but sometimes they can have a bigger impact than they even realize sometimes. And I don't need to tell you that. Nick Stauskas, as we we head out the door here, I brought up the competition committee thing, looking into the offense. It's the highest team scoring averages since 69-70. So quickly, do you ever see a world where they eliminate the corner three because that's contributing to too much offense? No chance. (laughs) The highest percentage because it's the shortest shot. Give the people
4: what they want. The people want scoring,
3: give them scoring. The people wanted 200 points in the All-Star game from one side. Uh, That's a different topic. For another Tuesday on Sixers in 60, Thanks, as always, for being here, and thanks to everyone out there for listening. Tuesdays at 6 p.m., typically our start live on 97.5 The Fanatic. If you've missed any player or coach interviews, subscribe to 76ers Insiders. I've got the Celtics-Sixers pregame with a cameo from Nick Stauskas coming right up. Thanks to our producer, Sylvana Kelleher. For Lauren Rosen and Nick Stauskas, I'm Matt Murphy. Thanks for listening.